Welcome back, everyone. This is Bob Lovell, and this is Indiana Sports Talk. It's brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, DrivenToSaveLives.org. We've got a lot of football to talk about this hour. We'll talk about the Colts, their matchup with the Titans tomorrow. That's a 1 o'clock start. And also, Paul Condry and I will recap week number seven of the high school football season and set the stage for the final week of the regular season coming up Friday night. However, the man with all the information, the Minister of Information, Network Indiana's, Indiana's, excuse me, Network Indiana's, Brendan King. Coach, you are the man, and let's keep you posted right now from Lincoln, where the Nebraska Cornhuskers have scored two straight touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Casey Thompson, a 71-yard bomb to Trey Palmer that made it a 28-21 game, but now with 6.53 to go in regulation, Casey Thompson, a one-yard touchdown rush on a 12-play, 54-yard drive for the Huskers. They're up 35-21. Indiana gets the ball back with just under seven to go. Nebraska up two scores. The Huskers have played well, as has the Texas transfer Casey Thompson. Let's see if Indiana can mount a comeback. No comeback needed today for the Purdue Boilermakers. They take down number 21 Minnesota up north. It's a final of 22-10. Aiden O'Connell back in a Purdue uniform. 199 yards coming back from injury. No touchdown passes though. He did have two picks. The story on the ground, Devin Mockaby, 11 carries for 112 yards. The freshman had a touchdown score as well. How about the Ball State Cardinals in double overtime. They take down the Northern Illinois Huskies 44-38. John Paddock under center for the Cardinals went 40 of 58 for 403 yards, three touchdown passes. Things came in threes for the Cardinals. Carson Steele had three rushing TDs, 77 yards on the ground. What a run it's been for Carson Steele as well. Before today's game, he had three straight ball games of 100 yards plus rushing elsewhere in college football action around the state DePaul beats Denison 17 to 13 Rose Holman crushes Anderson 45 7 Mount St. Joseph over Manchester 55 20 it was Franklin topping Bluffton 37 to 27 Wabash defeats Wittenberg 42 35 Alma over Trine 40 to 21 and Uindy defeats Southwest Baptist 44 17 NAIA action Indiana Wesleyan 23 Concordia, Michigan, 13. It was Siena Heights by a field goal over St. Francis, 13-10. And Marion, they defeat Taylor in big fashion, 67-7. Davidson shuts out Butler, 31-0. And Northern Iowa beats Indiana State, 20 14. It's the Indianapolis Colts and the Tennessee Titans tomorrow from Lucas Oil Stadium. A 1 p.m. kickoff after a win last week against the Kansas City Chiefs. Matt Ryan's got some confidence. I think it is a confidence builder um, knowing that you know, you're going against an excellent football team like we played last week. We had two phases of our team that played outstanding you know, special teams and, and defense um, and, and kind of held us in there. And then knowing you know, that we had young players step up and, and make plays in, in the most critical of situations um, I think that's a big you know stepping stone for us but uh, we've got to continue you know to, to progress and, and continue to get better 
Julian Blackman out for the Colts. The safety still battling an ankle injury. DeForest Buckner questionable, as is Shaquille Leonard. If Leonard plays, it would be his 2022 debut. Back to college football, some top 25 scores to tell you about. A scare for number one Georgia. They hang on against Missouri 26-22 that game in Missouri. And boy, the Tigers gave Georgia everything they had. Same case for number two Alabama. They defeat number 20 Arkansas 49-26, but at what cost? Bryce Young, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, had a shoulder injury. He left the game in the second quarter. And number 11 Penn State, they hold on to beat Northwestern 17-7. I'm Brendan King. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk. Let's talk some college football. Hanover Panthers, 37-20 winners over Bluffton. With me, a very happy Matt Theobald. Matt, thanks so much for the call, and congrats to you and the Panthers on a big win. Bob, thanks a lot, man. I'm sorry I, I, I don't have much of a voice left after this uh, after this win and, and, and a nice four and a half hour. <laughs> no, it's okay. Home, so. <laughs> That's, but, uh, it, yeah, no, it was good, it was good to it, get off the side a little bit, so – it's a, a a big win over defiance. And here's the glamorous thing about being a small college football coach are those bus rides, right? <laughs> Every, everybody doesn't understand. It's all fun when you're at home and you win. But when, you, uh, when you're traveling, it's fun when you win. But when you jump in the, in the bus, what is that, five hours? How long is it? It was, it was, a, it was a nice four-and-a-half-hour drive. And, you know, it, like – yeah, DC football is after the game. We're, we're getting the pizzas and the head coach right. is cleaning up the coolers and loading the bus. And so uh, I don't think Nick Saban was doing that this evening. So, uh, but no, no, I don't, we'll, we'll no, I don't think he I, was I either. No. Yeah, it, it's 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 fun to win, and and you know we we've, we've been on a little bit of a of a slide. We've lost three in a row, and uh, have been in every game, and um, we just it, it was nice to finally put four quarters together and. and really battle back so i mean my hat's off to the fines they came out and scored on us and yeah we missed the field goal they came back and uh you know they took the lead we battled back tied it up they came down and scored again we we just we just kind of hung in there it was tied up at halftime and we made a couple adjustments at halftime and and the guys really bounced back and and uh got some points on the board and defense got a couple turnovers and uh it, it was just it was, it was good to see us kind of put it all together well, you know, I think you know what this is all about. You've got a brand new group. You got some young guys. We talked about it, you know, uh, over the summer. You got a young bunch that's trying to find their way along. And um, first time, a lot of these guys have played college football and don't realize how difficult it is. You're exactly right, and you know, especially on the offensive side, we've our leading our, our veteran receiver is, is out right now, and so we've been doing it with a bunch of sophomores and two sophomores at running backs and, you know, and, and, and Austin Opal and Blake Huffman are, we, we got Blake back. He'd been out two games with an injury and he, he kind of, we, we've got a little bit of a thunder and lightning combo with him and, and they, those two feed off one another. So, I mean, I think, mm-hmm. you know, I think, I think Austin went for, you know, like 120, 119 maybe today. And, and, and Blake grants, he had some tough yards for us. And, uh, but they just, they, they, they compliment one another so nice. And, and it's just good to have two, two really talented young men back there in the offensive line. They opened the holes when we needed them to, and, and uh, we, we really put it together in the second half and changed some tempo stuff up. And so I was really happy with the offense. And and, uh, and Matt Weimer did a nice job of kind of coordinating it all and, and, and threw it really well. And 
we, he didn't turn the ball over. And when we do that, we're, we're pretty tough to beat. Well, you know what? The other part of it, too, is, is you're happy for the kids to, to get that win because uh, you, you agonize for them. As you mentioned, you're in a lot of games and can't close it out. Young teams have that problem uh, a lot of times. And so good to see a smile on their face. Good to see them having fun in the bus on the way home. You know, all of that good stuff. But, you know, you know how your business is. You don't get a chance to sit around much. You, you'll be taking on uh, – Bluffton next week, so you know what? Um, you get a chance to relax and and uh, got to strap it on and get ready on Monday. On the bus ride home, we already started breaking down film and watching Bluffton, and so. Uh, but I told him, I said we enjoy it for 24 hours, and after that, it's we got to put it to bed. And, uh, we're on to the next one now, so if we, you know we're one and on the conference, and that's really what we talk about each and every year is winning that ACAC conference and it's uh there's some there's some good teams in there I mean I, I know that Rolls Holman and Mount St. Joe and Franklin all got dubs right and right we know it's going to be and 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 Defiance and Bluffton they were they were they're going to be better teams than what they were last year so uh we're happy to get the win but we got to focus on on the Bluffton Beavers next week and getting ourselves better and make you know we still made mistakes we made you know dumb penalties and uh, but we but we mm-hmm. uh, we cleaned up some 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 of the turnover problems that we've been having and and uh, just happy happy to see those guys you know get on the bus with a smile and eating that Papa John's pizza right. and drinking Gatorade right. and you know that that's what it's all about. <laughs> He's Matt Theobald from Hanover. I'll tell you how much the Lovell family loves you. My wife and daughter went down in, uh, to Chautauqua last weekend. Okay. And they drove by campus. My daughter and wife are driving by campus. You know, Jack graduated, but they, they just, yeah. you yep. know what? They missed it. They wanted to drive by it. That's, they, I told them, I said, what's wrong with you guys? <laughs> and, but they said, no, we had to go by. We needed to go by campus to see it. And they said they saw some changes. They were glad they did it and had a great time down there. All right, brother. Well, thanks for the call. Good luck next week, you, okay? Bob. All right, buddy. We'll see you, man. Thank thanks. you. Bye. Yeah. I'll look forward to it. Matt Theobald from Hanover. Panthers over Defiance, 37-20. Scoreboard update with the man himself, Brendan King, on Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Brendan King with this Network Indiana scoreboard update here on Indiana Sports Talk. Time running out for the Indiana Hoosiers late in the fourth quarter. Two minutes and 49 seconds to play in regulation. Nebraska leads Indiana 35-21. It's been two fourth-quarter scores for the Huskers. Casey Thompson, a 71-yard touchdown pass to Trey Palmer. And then Thompson led a 12-play, 54-yard drive that resulted in a one-yard touchdown run for Thompson. Again, 35-21. The Huskers looking to improve to 2-3. and three. The Hoosiers at risk of falling to 3-2. and two. It would be their first loss in the Big Ten. Other scores from around the state. Davidson shuts out Butler 31-0. Northern Iowa takes down Indiana State 20-14. Notre Dame is idle this week. They're back in action on October the 8th Against BYU, that game will be in the spaceship known as Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. It's part of the Shamrock Series for the Irish. Notre Dame is 2-2 two two after 
Starting the season with a record of 0-2, the Irish have rallied back with back-to-back wins. That game will be at 7.30 again in Las Vegas. Scores from around the country. Kansas is undefeated. The Jayhawks are 5-0 after topping Iowa State 14-11. It's the game that always seems to go under. Air Force and Navy from the Air Force Academy. 13-10 the final. Air Force beats Navy. And Illinois gets an impressive win over Wisconsin. That goes final 34-10 earlier today. I'm Brendan King. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. If you listened to the show last night, and I'm sure a lot of you did, I appreciate you doing that. I mentioned what I thought was the best football game involving Indiana schools, and that was Denison and DePaul, both teams 4-0, both playing well in the NCAC. Today, DePaul wins this one 17-13. We're honored to have Brett Dietz, the head coach of the Tigers, join me. Coach, congratulations on a great win today. Thanks. I really appreciate it. It, it was a great team win for us and and uh, take command of first place in our conference. So it was a big one. I had it right, did I not? <laughs> Best game around because of what's at stake. Because, you know, as you mentioned, you're in the driver's seat now. you got a little one-game lead uh, over Denison in a, in a matchup that, you know, 17-13 sounds to me like you two slugged it out this afternoon. Yeah, it was definitely a defensive battle uh, for sure. Um, you know, we have, we have a great defense. We have, you know, just filled with underclass. We don't have any seniors on our defense. Um, but they, we, we pitched three straight shutouts the past three weeks. So we knew that wow. was going to come to an end against Denison. But um, they're a great team, and they really held us in the, the, the fourth quarter, um, held them, did the score in the fourth quarter, and uh, was able to hang on with the win. So it was a great team win. We really controlled the ball in the second half. And the stats are, are very similar. Both had the same number of uh, first downs. Both had the same number of offensive plays. Time of possession was the same. Um, mm-hmm. It just came down to a couple <laughs> possessions and executing, and uh, we made a big touchdown pass in the second half that, that kind of rose above, and uh, our defense did a great job shutting the door at the end of the game. So, great team win, um, and now we, we bring Wittenberg to town, um, who's always top of our <laughs> yeah. conference. So, uh, we have right. another another really hard opponent coming before our bye week next week. So, um, we're, we're going to be ready for that one. Yeah, so you have a Wit team coming in who loses to Wabash. So, uh, you know, you, you you know how this is. You get a, a team coming in after a loss. Uh, they're a little more spirited than, than normal. But I want to go back to this defense. You know, you score uh, to take the lead in, in the third quarter, I assume. And so that fourth quarter has to be a, a very tense one. And your defense, and you mentioned them, they're, they're young. What makes them so good? Um, they're coached really well. Obviously, there's a lot of talent there, and they just they believe in each other. Um, we had a great leader in Brevin Good, who's a, a junior, our only junior captain. I mean, he kind of anchors us, and he gets those guys going, and they just they believe in each other. They believe in their coaching, and they really fly around. We play a 3-4 defense. It's a little bit different than what teams see week to week, um, but it's it's really working. We had nine sacks tonight, so – um, wow. Denison's quarterback prides themselves <laughs> wow. on, on running around and right. he's a big scramble guy, but we were able to, and he, he got us plenty of times, believe me, but, but we were able to bring him down the backfield nine different times. So, um, that was another huge factor in tonight's game. So who were your stars today? Our stars. That's, that's a great question. You know, our, our quarterback, uh, maybe didn't have the best passing game, uh, but really he, he was our 
and uh, he's a very dynamic. His name's Wally Rennie, and he really makes us go on offense. On defense, it was just a complete team effort. We had guys flying around. Brevin Goode had a great game, the guy I just mentioned, uh, being a team captain. I haven't seen the individual stats as far as who got all the sacks, but um, just a really big team effort. And, uh, you know, it's hard to give credit to one of those guys because they all play so hard right. together. Um, it's credit to all, thinking, all 11 of them. Yeah. I'm thinking nine sacks will win a football game, to be honest. <laughs> that's yeah, that's impressive. All right, so Witt comes in next week. DePaul stays unbeaten, beating previously unbeaten Denison today, 17-13 in NCAC action. Brett Dietz, head coach of the Tigers. Coach, I appreciate the call. I really do, and I wish you and your guys the best of luck next weekend. Thanks, Bob. I appreciate it. Let's do it again soon. I'll look forward to it. Thanks so much. That's a heck of a game and a heck of a win. I mentioned it last night. If you look at what was at stake and you look at both teams' records and what it meant, that was the best game going on, at least in small college football in our state. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you've heard earlier tonight, we have some really good, if you didn't already know it, some really good small college teams, and you can see why. Brendan King, are you my man or not? Are you there? Is that a question? Am I your man? I, always. Uh, you are. You know, you. I'm so happy for you doing the Cubs game on Wednesday. How thrilled were you? Yeah, I, Coach, that's just one of those things. I actually had oh. my, I had some family at the game and some friends at the game. We all went out. Right. You know, the Sluggers right. and, and Murphys. We hit all the the, the great Wrigley well, yeah. places. And they, they kind of <laughs> yeah. asked me the same question, Coach, of what was it like. But it's just so hard to sum up, Coach, when you love a it's place. It's another game. <laughs> well, that, but when you love yeah, a place. Yeah, but it's not. Exactly. Right. When, when you love a place dearly for your entire life, it, my first Cubs game was when I was two with my grandma and my dad, and and you just have an affinity for this place for 20-something years, and then you that's a place you're working. It's just tough to put that in the words of how special that is. And then you're around the likes of Pat Hughes and um, the, these just – huge figures that have been at Wrigley for mm-hmm. so long. It's just hard to sum up, but it was special, Coach. I can tell you that. Did they win? They did, 4-2. 6-0 against the Phillies oh. this year. Not too bad. <laughs> Not too bad. No, no. And, they, you know, you know, it's always good when you're broadcasting a game that they win, too, see. So, you know, you guys want to give me another chance because <laughs> I, I won the last. I'm 1-0 this year. So you might, you might want to think about that. Now, it's, and good for the good for the Cubs uh, to involve their man and their minor league franchise and the people who are part of their organization and doing that. I'm not sure uh, the other franchises do it, but uh, hats off to those guys for making an opportunity available to you to be able to do that. No doubt. And there were a bunch of other South Bend organization people there, coach that we brought brought the trophy along we brought the midwest league championship <laughs> trophy and yeah uh, you know what's yeah. cool coach a big shout out to our manager in south bend his name is lance rimel he's 32 years old he's a young coaching prospect in the cubs organization he actually played with the cub organization as a right. catcher and then he was released before he got to the big leagues but they gave him an opportunity to become a coach and now he was south bend's manager this past season he's a bright young guy and he was actually at wrigley this week uh, doing some cool. coaching on David Ross's staff. So cool. we brought the trophy, <laughs> and he was there, and and it was great. Got a picture of him on the field with the trophy. So, I mean, that was pretty cool. 
Must have been one of the better days of your life on Wednesday, my friend. Yeah, I mean, it was awesome. We got to go coach into the Marquee Sports Network studio, do a little studio work. Uh, that aired that <laughs> night on the pregame show. And, right. Uh, you, you know, just being inside Wrigley pregame. I sure. remember, I, Coach, I did this the last time I was at Wrigley, too. Uh, it was probably 2 o'clock or so, and I just went downstairs when there was nobody on the field and nobody else in the ballpark and just sat in a seat. And just kind of took that in, right? And yeah. it was about 50, yeah. 50, 60 degrees. It was a little chilly. The wind was blowing in. So you're just looking, and it's an empty Wrigley Field. It was really cool. Well, that's great. I'm happy for you. Proud of you. Uh, what a great opportunity. And, again, you know, very classy thing for the uh, Cubs organization to do. I'm not sure how you top that other than by being on Indiana Sports Talk. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll tell you what, Coach. It's, it's been a hell of a week. I can tell you that. From yeah, that to this, it has been a hell of a week. Well, I'm not so sure this. No, <laughs> I love being on, on Coach, I love being on this show. Why do you think I come back every year? I love I I come well, to be on Indiana Sports Talk with you. Right. I know it's not the big payday. <laughs> I understand that. But we do have our fair share of fun here and again, hey, we're we, you're involved in professional athletics. You know my feeling about pro sports. Uh you can, you know, I, I can take them or leave him. I mean, I've made a uh, quite a living here uh, being involved in high school and college sports most of my professional life. Yeah. And that's where my heart is uh, cuz I, I I appreciate the purity uh, of the whole thing and and it, and it really matters, but uh, hey, I understand how the world is. All right, so when we come back, you got time to talk to me about the Colts and the Tennessee Titans. I'm I'm sure you're fired up about that game. You got it, coach. Brendan King coming up with another scoreboard update. Colts and Tennessee tomorrow. Um, these are all important games. You know, divisional opponent for the obvious reasons, and they continue the gauntlet, so to speak, of, of division opponents in uh, the early stages of the season. Brendan King coming up with a scoreboard update and then more football on Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Brendan King with this Network Indiana scoreboard update here on Indiana Sports Talk. For the last time tonight, we'll go over tonight's finals. Before we give you a preview, what's coming up on your sports Sunday at 11.45? It has gone funnel in Lincoln. Nebraska beats Indiana 35-21. Two scoring plays by the Huskers in the fourth quarter sealed it. It was 21-all after three quarters of play, but a 71-yard touchdown pass from Casey Thompson to Trey Palmer made it a 28-21 ball game, and then Thompson took the Huskers on a 12-play, 54-yard drive that finished with a one-yard touchdown carry to seal it 35-21. The Hoosiers are 3-2 on the year. It's their first Big Ten loss. Remember, Nebraska already, sky, already fired Scott Frost this year. So they're 2-3, and 1-1 one one in the Big Ten. Let's see what happens with Indiana, who will have to play number 4 Michigan next week. Michigan earlier today already picked up a W. So Jim Harbaugh and company will be waiting for the Hoosiers. Purdue by 10 over number 21 Minnesota. The Boilers are 3-2. and two. Aiden O'Connell back. He did not have a touchdown pass, but 112 yards on the ground from Devin Mockaby and a touchdown run. Ball State in double overtime. They outlast Northern Illinois 44-38. to Three touchdowns for Carson Steele. 403 yards through the air by John 
Paddock. It's a good day of college football. Notre Dame as well back in action next week against BYU in Vegas. I'm Brendan King. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. All right, week seven in the books of high school football. Uh, yeah, I know it, it's crazy. I say it every week, but it's flying by. Coming up on the 9th of October, Paul Condry and I will be doing the pairing show. And Paul Condry joins me to talk about week number seven. All right, Paul, as we've talked about in seven previous or six previous weeks, some really, really good ball games. And you're starting to really see some teams separate themselves in, in, uh, the, uh, in terms of how they're looking as we head into the final couple of weeks of the regular season. You know, I was um, going through the Indiana Football Digest, and I normally wait to the end of the year, Bob, to go back and see where we preseason ranked a bunch of teams. And we dropped the ball on in Class 4A. I'll be just plain and simple, flat out honest with you. There are some teams that are emerging in 4A, Northwood being one of them. They beat top-ranked 5A mm-hmm. Mishawaka last night in a slugfest. Uh, 14 to six. That that game jumped off the page at me uh, right from the get go. That was a quality win for Nate Andrews' group. Uh, but I'm I mean, also just looking at some teams that you know we thought were going to be really really good, but we didn't think they were going to be this good. And I think uh, we thought Brownsburg, you know, starting the season, we had them in the preseason ranking number four. And right now they they have right. really made some separation between them and everybody else. And it really I think it's going to come down to that week nine affair where they're going to be matched up with uh, currently uh, unbeaten uh, Hamilton Southeastern. So the question that I would throw back to to you as well as anybody who's got a uh, a dog in this fight is this going to be the year that the Metropolitan Interscholastic Conference doesn't win the 6A state championships. They've won uh, in, in every 10 years of high school football since we've gone to that. But mm-hmm. Brownsburg, mm-hmm. certainly at this stage, uh, they're making the, a statement. You know, last night they beat um, always a well-coached Zionsville team 50-3, to setting up that uh, matchup in a couple weeks against uh, uh, HSE. But that's going to be one of the questions. And, of course, the, the X factor in this whole thing is Cathedral, Cathedral and Independent playing all over the place. You know, they Right, right. When you, when you go to Cincinnati, and I don't care who you beat over there like they've done last night, they beat Cincinnati LaSalle there, that's a great win. But the question that we've seen in the Metropolitan Interscholastic, especially with the breakup of, with some of the powers at B, is uh, the league is within its – Itself is really good, but it's not great and dominant as it was because you've taken those two big powers in Center Grove and Carmel and, and kicked them to the curb, if you will. But uh, it's going to be interesting as I was kind of going through some of the, the what-if scenarios uh, in, 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 in 6A and 5A and 4A today. You know, we could, we could see a, a whole group of uh, teams new to the state finals uh, this year. But if uh, everybody uh, shows up who's traditionally great and plays great in the tournament like they normally do, then, as they say, same old, same old. <laughs> and as you said, as you all know, that, that certainly uh, could be the case uh, when, it, when we kind of break this thing down. This is a sneak preview for what we're going to be talking about uh, uh, on, on pairing show night on Sunday. 
you know, I think you know, we've talked about parity. That's that's been the key word the entire time, yeah. you know, going back to the beginning of the, of the football season. And so it leads me to believe that, and I, I believe it. I believe that's exactly what's happening uh, in high school football, which is good. Which would then, I think, um, uh, make you think going in that you you could very well have some new faces, and you know, Brownsburg being one of them, Northwood being one of them, who would play for championships and frankly it wouldn't surprise me at all if those things happen uh, I think it's great for the game quite frankly Oh, I don't think there's any question. I think that, especially in the big schools, and, and nothing against the excellence that the Mick has been the standard bearer. And, and when you think about it, uh, 6A football, Carmel five trips to the finals. Only six teams, Bob, have ever made it to the 6A title game. Carmel right, five, right. Warren two, Ben Davis right. two, Santa Grove five, Penn, and Westfield. And Penn is the only team from the northern half of the series. And what I mean north, I mean really, really north. I mean, they're on the they're on the Michigan line. So, you know, you look at those kind of things and you think, oh, my goodness, is this going to be? I mean, and we've had and we're having a little bit of a changing of the guard. I mean, normally we've seen, uh, you know, how good is this Fort Wayne Carroll team? How good is the Summit Athletic Conference? Um, I mean, uh, Carmel's, uh, I mean, excuse me, uh, Snyder is off to a, they're having a great start right now. They're six and one. But Carroll, you know, mm-hmm. right now, un- currently unbeaten. Crown Point has come out of nowhere. Right now, they're in first place in the Doomland Conference. So they beat uh, Maryville earlier in the season, and you look at that situation. But you know, there we're going to see the same teams. I think when we get into the Elite Eight, but the question is, is Crown Point going to be good enough to be able to survive uh, through the likes of Carroll, Fort Wayne, or Penn, or maybe even Elkhart, Hamilton, Southeastern? I just don't know that we're going to see if those teams are going to be good enough to get past some of those historical teams. And and I would say the same thing would if you're talking about 5A and 4A, you know, is the, are the Northwood Panthers the best team uh, in the northern half of the tournament series? Uh, and I would say absolutely, hands down, they are because all the power in 4A football is in the south. I mean, you've got some some heavy mm-hmm. hitters in 4A. You've got Ron Colley, Mooresville, Brabuff, New Pal. Uh, you can go up and down the line. Martinsville's having a great Evansville Wright's unbeaten. Right. Memorial don't ever right. pass those guys over. But, I mean, when you look at the, the way we're looking at the tournament in the head, and I know we're going to be talking a lot, but I'm wondering we're putting the cart before the horse here. But what's masterful is some of the things that we're continuing to see, like um, the job that Nick Hart has done at Gibson Southern. This is a team that yeah. was decimated yeah. by graduation. They lose a Division One quarterback, and yet here they are. They've won 18 straight. They've done a wonderful job in, uh, in what they've been able to do. Indianapolis Lutheran continues to roll. They've won 22 straight games, and you know, they just continue just to get better and better each week. And, uh, you know, I don't know if if you were to ask me at the beginning of the year, Paul, I'm going to guarantee you one uh, state champion. You know, my thought initially would, well, you, it's awfully hard to bet ever bet against Center Grove. But I think the best team uh, to project ahead to win a state championship based upon the way the tournaments is set up is Indianapolis Lutheran. I mean, they have not missed a beat. And Dave Pash and his staff, 
no, have, no. have done a wonderful job. I and mean, they lost their, their quarterback from a year ago. They've lost uh, Dave Sun was a, was one of the best two way players in all of Indiana last year. And mm-hmm. this group has not missed a beat. And they, you know, I know you. We've always talked about tradition never graduating. I mean, I tell you what, these guys have done the same thing. Andran is another team in uh, in two way. They've had a lot of injuries early on in the season. They are they are playing their best football right now, and they're a team that once again if if they get on a roll in Class 2A, uh, once again, I can't say that, uh, you know, despite the fact that they've lost two games, the question is, is Indianapolis Cena or Modern Day or Linton Stocks and LaVille? And then once again, LaVille's a team that may see them uh, in the postseason. So it is right. going to be a blast when we talk about this upcoming tournament. And I'm, I'm excited to, that we're going to be doing it. We're going to be excited about talking about teams like North Decatur and North Judson, Norwell, Oak Hill. We haven't talked about Tecumseh, Calumet maybe. Uh, we haven't talked about any of these teams as being uh, contenders in sectional play in the, the upcoming tournament series that U of I had done. So it's neat to be able to see some fresh faces, and I think it, um, it makes uh, it, it's going to make it fun on uh, tournament pairings night. He's Paul Condry from the Regional Radio Sports Network and the Indiana Football Digest. Hall of Fame broadcaster in the Indiana Football Hall of Fame. Best friend football as in the state of Indiana. As you've heard him allude to, my broadcast partner for the upcoming IHSAA football pairing show on many of these great stations around the state and streamed on IHSAATV.org, the IHSA Champions Network. Paul and I will come back and uh, bring you, he'll give you his thoughts of some of the top games this next week in week number nine, excuse me, week number eight. Let me get ahead of myself there. So we have a lot more to talk about. But as you've heard, there's going to be a great, great pairing show on the 9th of October. So make sure you're with us because what we've talked about here, we're going to talk a lot more about on that particular night. This is Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Brendan King with this Network Indiana scoreboard update here on Indiana Sports Talk. Last one of the weekend. Got to get you an update on what's coming up on your sports Sunday. The NFL gets going actually tomorrow morning before the Titans and the Colts at 1. It's the Vikings and the Saints at London. Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, 9.30 a.m. Minnesota favored by 3.5 points. Now, of note, Jameis Winston will not play tomorrow for New Orleans. It will be Andy Dalton under center against Kirk Cousins on the Minnesota side. Again, Titans and Colts at one. Julian Blackman out, dealing with that ankle injury still. DeForest Buckner questionable. Shaquille Leonard also questionable for Indianapolis. For Tennessee, Zach Cunningham will not play. Their big linebacker, Amani Hooker, a safety also out. Cody Hollister, wide receiver, is questionable. All of these games as well are at 1 o'clock. It's the Browns and the Falcons. The Commanders visit the Cowboys. No Dak Prescott still for Dallas. Seahawks battle the Lions in Detroit. The Bears and the Giants in the Big Apple. Also at 1 o'clock, the Jaguars battle the Eagles. The return of Doug Peterson in Philadelphia. Zach Will Wilson gets his first start of the season with the Jets as they visit the Steelers. Bills and the Ravens, Chargers and the Texans round out the 1 o'clock slate. At 4.05, it's the Cardinals and the Panthers. The Patriots and the Packers at 4.25. Same time for the Broncos and the Raiders. Chiefs and the Bucks is Sunday night football. Aaron Judd's a chance at 62 homers tomorrow afternoon. Orioles and the Yankees at 1.35. 
I'm Brendan King. Welcome back again, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, the one and only Paul Condry. And I continue our conversation about high school football. Week number eight, Paul, down to it. We're, clo- we're getting close to some conference championships, so we got some big, big games around the state on Friday night. Yeah, and ironically, as we hit the uh, the back end of this uh, this 2020, uh, 2022 season, only one 7-0 matchup uh, coming up uh, this week. We have unbeaten North Judson, San Pierre. Brent Lambert's done a masterful job at North Judson. He really has. And he's going to be matched up, but he's going to be on the road to take on Will Hostrauser's Lavelle uh, Lancers. Both those teams coming in at 7 all That will be a really neat matchup there. And, of course, Lavelle uh, is a team that's uh, playing in two-way football. And I know that I had was fortunate to have some of their student-athletes on on my kickoff show earlier in the season. And they have painted uh, they painted Andrin everywhere. They want another opportunity to take on Andrin <laughs> in the postseason. I don't know if I wish right. that upon anybody right. once the time comes. But, you know, taking a look at uh, – uh, taking right. a look at what we got this coming uh, Friday night. There's a lot of what I like to call great historical rivals, and I'm meaning that by Carmel taking on uh, Warren Central. That's a great game. Throw out the records. I can start with that cliche. Fort Wayne Snyder six and one at Bishop Dwanger. Dwanger's at five and two. Always a great matchup there. Lawrence Central, Ben Davis, two teams in the middle of the state. I know that you know the, the most improved league in the in the state of Indiana has to be. Uh, that mid-state uh, league, and you look at the teams that are that have come out of nowhere, in that, and I want to mean that in a negative way. That mid-state conference has just put together four of the best teams, and you can make even make an argument that, that five of the best teams uh, in Martinsville, Mooresville, Whiteland, Plainfield, Franklin, Decatur Central, Perry Meridian, uh, and Greenwood, respectively. Decatur Central's ruled this league over the last few years, but Martinsville's come out of nowhere. We didn't see that train coming, but you got three teams. Mooresville, Martinsville, Whiteland, all sitting at 5-1 and one right now. And you've got Martinsville taking on Mooresville. That will be a great game there. Uh, New Prairie is on the road at uh, TCU Freefield to take on Penn. Uh, it's an unbeaten beaten Mary, uh, New Prairie team. And, of course, Penn is, uh, you know, Penn's played pretty good football all season long for the most part. And right. uh, they're, they're getting better as the season goes along. But Lutheran, we'll find out how good they are right now. They're going to be on the road against Speedway. We found out Southmont uh, couldn't keep their uh, unbeaten season alive last week. They're going to see how they're going to manage things when they take on uh, Lebanon. Another surprise team in northeastern Indiana has been uh, Columbia City. They're off to a 6-1 start. They're going to be hosting 5-2 and two Leo. That should be a, a fine football game. South Putt against Heritage Christian. Seager, uh, South Vermillion, a good one. The records may not indicate it, but I like Westfield and Fishers as an old-fashioned slobber knocker there. That'll be fun. Bud Wright's team is on a row, uh, Coach. They have had three shutouts in a row. They're going to be at home at uh, Bud Wright Field to take on uh, Eastern Greentown, who's off to a 5-2 start. Eastbrook at 5-2 at Mad Grant, 6-1. Cincinnati Elder comes to take on Ron Colley. And if the running back at Ron Colley needs any uh, push towards being Mr. Football after uh, another 300-yard performance and that great offensive line that he has, uh, they're going to be matched up against Elder. You know, the team's from our state who have gone
gone out of state have really played well, and they have not, misrep- not yeah, yeah. misrepresented yeah. our state at all. They have uh, uh, all the Indiana teams have to be very, very proud for what they've been able to do. And so, you know, you look at that as, as some of the top games in this week, and I like it. Again, Hamilton Heights at Cass, Hammond Central at Gary Westside. Uh, some teams that we haven't talked about very much, but those teams are off to a really good start. And another thing needs to be pointed out, how about the start by this Providence team? Providence team is off to the best start since the Gene Sartini era. The Hall of Famer, the wow. former Hammond product team was back in the early 1990s. So congratulations right. to Coach McDonald on his team off to a great start. They're off at 5-1. and one. So it's going to be a wonderful week as we get into the home stretch. And, of course, looking forward to hanging out with you next Sunday in Naptown to uh, talk it over and spend, which is the the, the best two and a half hours of uh, of my fall, right. and that's talking high school football on the statewide uh, pairing show. Paul Condry, you're the best. We have to run. Thanks so much. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Coach. Great to be with you. God bless. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk. It's brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Driven to save lives.org. Brendan King, Colts, Titans, 1 o'clock tomorrow. What do you see in this game? Got to stop the run. I don't want to sound like a football coach, but if you're the Colts, you need to stop the run, which means you got to stop Derrick Henry, and that's not an easy thing to do. Well, Coach, there's no choice there. You either do it and win or you don't and lose. I think that's the difference in this game because Derrick Henry has once again kind of become priority number one for the Titans after A.J. Brown gets traded away. The Julio Jones thing didn't work out. So it is really right. all Derrick Henry. Plus, you know, Traylon Burks is a nice little addition to the wide receiver room, but he's young. He's a first-round pick. He's got a lot to learn. So, again, Derrick Henry, he should scare you, and it should especially be scary, Coach, especially if DeForest Buckner cannot go. Coach, there mm-hmm. are questions at kind of all three levels of the Colts' defense because Buckner is questionable, Shaquille Leonard, the same thing, and then Julian Blackman is not playing. And, Coach, Derrick Henry is one of those lone guys in the NFL from a running back point where really every level of your defense must be ready to tackle him at any point. There are so few guys like that that have the strength to right. push forward forward just as he does because De- Henry you rarely get him coach on the first tackle unlike some other backs in the league that are a little bit more elusive a little bit more quick that are no. easier to tackle no, that's right Henry's a tough guy to tackle so if Buckner can't play that's concerning if Leonard can't go that's especially concerning and Blackman's already out in the secondary so again you can possibly have ba- backups at all three points of your defense and that usually does right. not spell well against Henry so hopefully Buckner can play especially Leonard too yeah, it's a fun game to watch because you, you watch, it's kind of like a throwback. You're watching yeah. uh, two running backs. You're watching Jonathan Taylor, and you're watching you, you, you're you're watching Derrick Henry, and, and both of them are really, really good at what they do. And, and this is this is a foot, basic football, football one on one. Got to stop the run, and you got to establish the run. And I, I think question mark here is can the Colts be consistent offensively and take care of the football and put it in the end zone? If you can do that, Coach, and establish yourself early from the run, I mean, if you can get JT going early and then maybe focus on some play-action stuff with Matt Ryan because clearly Matt Ryan just has not been able to pass well enough to – really get the play action rolling over the right. last few weeks so again if you can establish taylor and then go play action a whole lot in the second half when tennessee is already on their heels from jt i think that's how you win this game offensively 
Yeah, protection has been a real issue with the offensive line, and um, it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out. So you're going to be busy uh, tailgate. You're going to be hosting a tailgate for our flagship stations downtown on Georgia Street. You got you're it. Just, you're out there in the middle of it having a good time. It's great to be young and having a good time, is it not? It is fun, Coach. Those tailgates are a good time. So if anybody's rolling through Georgia Street, feel free to stop by. We'll have some fun. You'll find it's hard to believe, but I'm going to be in the pool tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan King, thanks so much. Great job. James Adams, thank you so much. Thanks to our great stations around the state to bring you the show every Friday and Saturday night. And thanks to all of you for making it's the most listened to sports talk show in our state's history. It is the history making legendary.